Hello, friends and folks, and welcome to the end of the year, and then a little bit more. The year is over, and also other days have happened since the year has ended. And with that time and with that consideration comes thoughts about finality and closure and awards. This is the Gimmick Awards. I'm Six Demar. And I'm Jennifer Uncle. And I'm Alan Ibrahim. Alan, we brought you here for a very special occasion. The awards? The, it's award season, yeah, maybe? The, yeah, yeah, the game. I guess we did just the game awards. It's just the game awards again. Um, but we have a specific award we wanted to talk over with you. You may be on other awards that hasn't been finalized, but we definitely wanted to talk anime of the year with you. <gasps> um, because of all my friends who watch anime, you watch them most and don't have completely atrocious taste. Nick, you can't be on Anime of the Year. I'm sorry. <laughs> on one hand, be nice to Nick. On the other hand, fuck Food Wars, right? <laughs> <laughs> we can agree? Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't know I watched that much anime. I guess I do. Yeah, well, you know. 2018 was a big year for me watching anime. That's true. That is valid and true. Well, you know, it is. It is. It, 2018 was a big year for everyone when it comes to anime. Every single person. So we're going to talk about Darling in the Franks. Here we go. Episode one. We're introduced to a boy and his demon girlfriend. She comes up to him. She's got the big honking anime titty. And she's like, what if sex wasn't just a metaphor? What if the war could be over tomorrow? Credits. Isn't isn't that worth fucking for? <laughs> oh. <laughs> this, this, we're not going to talk about Darling in the Friends. No. I'll, um, I'll go ahead and read off the uh, nominees. Thank you, Jack. So we have Princess Principal, mm-hmm. My Hero Academia, Devilman Crybaby, Zombieland Saga, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Golden Wind, Megalobox, Skullface Bookseller, Hondasan, and Thunderbolt Fantasy. And we should probably have a place further than the universe on here, right? Probably. I haven't seen it, but I've heard good things. I, I mean, I think Alan is going to want to talk about that in this context. Probably. I'm not look, I'm not looking at the Wikipedia page for it right now, collecting data. No, why would I do that? Oh, okay, we can cut it then. <laughs> if you're not doing that, I mean, if you, no one else here, if, if I, no one here has an argument right, for it. Right, 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 right. You have to let me talk about this enough. anime. You have to. It's the law. <laughs> uh, well, you might get an opportunity coming up on an episode of Oops, but wow. for the time being, let's, you know what, make your case. Uh, but not right now, because let's talk about some other things mm-hmm. first. Some some less contentious picks. Um, y'all are not going to let Skullface Bookseller Honda-san on here. So it seems really cute and charming. I haven't watched it. It's great. It's just a little like it's a slice of life. Like it's it's autobiographical. Yeah. Um, uh, anime about a guy who works in a bookstore in Japan, and it's just like. 12-minute episodes talking about, like, the oddities of customer service and, like, the kinds of people that go to bookstores in this day and age and just how weird it can be. And, and, you know, it's also especially interesting. One of the things that is kind of underrated is he's not just like, oh, I sell books there. He sells American comics in Japan, which is a particularly weird niche. And then you also get, like, him, like, having to help people who come in and they're like, excuse me, where are the boys fucking? And he's like, oh, <laughs> over there. <laughs> um, it's extremely good. And there's, I don't know, there's a lot of great, like, visual comedy 
there are a lot of very relatable situations as a person who works in, in the service industry. And just in general, I think it's um, it's a show that, that more people should check out. Um, I don't think it's going to make it on the anime of the year with these group of folks. Um, with a different group of folks, I might be willing to make more of a push for it. But it's not my number one, and you two haven't seen it. So it can go. Okay. On that same token... N- Neither of you have seen JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Golden Wind, so I don't think this is going to hang here. Um, I do think that it is a pretty fantastic show. Like, I haven't seen the other seasons of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, so there's a few time there's a few details where it's like, hmm, I should probably look into what this means. But uh, overall, it's very good. Like, all of the characters are enjoyable. You basically have this. You have this kid named uh, Giorno Giovanna, um, who is this low-level hustler who decides that he, who decides that the most moral thing he can do within his um, within Italy is become a gang star. So he essentially he essentially works his way into this gang and aims for the top through subterfuge and just making friends with a bunch of other gangsters. And it, it has this... Th- oh, go ahead. This is the first time anyone's actually tried to pitch me on the <laughs> plot of the show rather than just being like, yo, it's JoJo's, it's crazy, scene. they make dick poses. Mm-hmm. But, like, that actually sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has a really... Why doesn't anyone ever try saying this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it has this... It goes into the details about how each one of the gang members got into it, like various points throughout their childhood or growing up or in one case even being a former police officer it's a situation where they realized that they could do something with their lives by joining this gang and of course the crazy things happen like um there's this one person named uh mista who has a stand um where he carries around a revolver, and when he shoots the bullets, he has these little small bullet-like creatures uh, push the bullets around for him. And those bullets are essentially... They have, like, a workers' union going, so at a certain time of the day, he has to basically be like, okay, here's a lunch break, and he rolls out this whole small sort of like dining carpet and feeds them um, sausages. It's it's pretty adorable. And it, it does have that whole madcap action going on, but also underneath it has this relatable story of, okay, I can see where all these characters are coming from. And it's interesting to watch them grow and bounce off each other. Is it in your top three? Um, of this list, um, hmm. I'd say it's closer to four, so okay. probably not. Okay, if it, if it was if it was high on your top three, I mean that was that was a pretty compelling case. Yeah. But all right, I guess we can cut it. That's uh, sorry, um, my brief thing though. I didn't watch the show, but I've watched the, a decent amount of clips of it because I like liking the things that my friends like. But uh, this is exactly how people pitch JoJo: is they say it's so weird. Oh my god, it's so strange and funny and weird, and the boys are handsome and all this stuff, and then no one. Ever talks about what it's about and i watched like the first episode of regular ass jojo's bizarre adventure and i was like this is a fascinating premise and nobody talks about this Mm -hmm. yeah and it's a shame because 
they do some interesting things with the story, but um, everyone's too focused on, hey, check out this cover of um, Pussy Control they did, so they didn't have to pay prints. And it's like, right. oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> such, is, such is the way we talk about anime. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, what is our next show? What, well, I mean, so Jen and I just both put something up. Okay. What do you think doesn't belong here, Alan? Doesn't belong here. Can I can I get the list again real quick? Um, I linked it to you. Oh, you so did. you should open the link. I should open the link. Oh, look at that. That's a whole link. Wow. Sorry. Oh god, I didn't see the link. I'm bad. I'm looking for it right now. Hey, there's the anime of the year. I found it. I I mean, can I talk? Can I speak to think cuz I there are like about three on here that i've seen i mean like you can be like i haven't seen this but does this really hang okay yeah okay i think that's valid Mm -hmm. can y'all sell me on princess principle uh yeah yo can we i mean like i like that episode my favorite oops episodes are the ones where it's like wow these two are full of passion or the guest is like way into this like hell yeah and it sounded like that for that show but i feel like i don't get it yet it's like it's like a stylish cute spy story with like anime side like anime like melodrama but not over the top and all the characters are really likable and the problems they're dealing with are all like there's no point in that show that i ran into where i was ever annoyed at a character's motivations or what they were doing okay it's always just like okay y'all are doing cool shit and we get mad at each other it's for good reasons and the writing is just really solid carries it the whole way through and the art is great and it's just a really good show yeah. Every every screen I look up has like girls pointing guns at grumpy shitty old men, and that sounds like a show I want to watch. <laughs> well, the problem is there is there is one girl who doesn't point guns at people Uh-oh. because she has a fucking katana. Oh, it's six. <laughs> six is in the show. <laughs> wow, awesome. And and she's she's maybe the best character because she just goes around. She's just like fully in like cultural shock denial Ooh. it's kind of it's kind of great where she's you know like she'll be having a conversation and she'll be like ah uh, yes you insulted me now we must duel to the death and it's like no i just called you stupid like what's no <laughs> like are you an idiot and she's like you insulted me again now we must duel to the double death <laughs> it's 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 all very fun that sounds yeah. exciting. um i i see it as a top three here wow yeah. Also, something I'd like to mention, um, it does do this clever thing where they plant some seeds in the early episodes that pay, that pay off later. Like, there's mm-hmm. a specific moment where a conversation is repeated at the exact right time, and it puts a lot of what has already happened into context, and it's really cool. Yeah, the, they have foreshadowing for their, their twist, but it's also really subtle, and it really doesn't strike you as odd in the moment. So that's nice. How? What is this? One season? Two seasons? One season. Um, they're gonna do some movies, but it's one season. Hmm. It was just a one and done. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, mm. I don't think Zombie Land Saga is gonna <gasps> make it. But it has a cute I, trans girl on it. <laughs> I like I like Zombie Land Saga. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are definitely some weaker episodes. There are some weaker characters, and also a lot of their songs aren't very <gasps> good. Oh, that's sacrilegious. <laughs> There's like I mean like fucking you t- you talk about Mizami Returner. 
and that song is mostly great except for the like the 30 seconds in the middle where they do the like oh no we're doing it real slow and it's like because we're zombies and it speeds up and like i get the symbolism but also it's just a shitty part of the song and i don't want to hear it Yikes. yeah and the switch from I have nothing against 3D animation, but the way that they switch between the two um, is oh, really very weird. awkward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned that in your episode. Uh, hi, it's me, the number one Oopsal anime fan that remembers <laughs> all the episodes. Uh, that the the like CG animation is becoming a bigger and bigger thing in anime now. Um, often seen as a crutch, and not always like the, it's it's more that I don't think that it's a crutch. It's more like the switch from that to 2D and back and forth can be really jarring. Like infamously the love live movie where they do a whole song in since 3D, but like the characters are still in 2D and it looks terrible except in certain shots is, you know, it's a weird technology that isn't being used to its full extent. I think a lot. I think mm-hmm. some shows are using it better than others. Like in princess principle, you can barely notice it at times um, except for some of the vehicle stuff. But I, I feel like there are some shows that integrate it rather well. Uh, what's the show with it's Steven Universe, but it's anime? Uh, Land of the Lustrous. Land of Lustrous. Isn't that one, like, primarily CG? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Like, there's stuff. And then I remember the last time I watched Attack on Titan, God, forgive me for my sins, uh, <laughs> they used, they're using more and more CG on that show, like, in a really mm. bad way. It's a thing. Really? Yeah. I'm, like, I don't like Attack on Titan at all, but I would have assumed with their budget, their CG would look really good. It's because they use it for like big crowd scenes. Oh. They just CG a bunch of people running on horse or riding horses, and it's like, guys, I can see it. I can tell. I see. So <laughs> it's not the it's not the like, hey, we want to do some like big sweeping angles that are impossible with animation. It's like the, hey, we've got a huge budget. We're still going to be lazy about this shot, though. Correct. Great, great Good show, Berserk. Good show that I love. All right, so can we cut Zombieland? Slurp it. Yeah, I th- I think you can do that. Yeah. Now we're down all to all shows. I well, okay, with one exception. <laughs> well, <laughs> all shows I like a lot, but one one that I'm not. I, it's gonna be a hard fight for me <laughs> to keep it up. The top three, I can already tell. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Talk about I, it. I don't. I don't want Devilman Crybaby on it. Wow. <laughs> Can you speak to this? Because Jen and I have spoken at length about our, our to each other, at least, uh, about our thoughts on the Devilman. But I don't really know what you think about this series. I just don't care about it. Oh, okay. It just didn't do anything for I Like, honestly, it's a combination of I don't like the writing of Devilman in general. And then also it's like, okay, we combined it with Yuasa. And I respect Yuasa, but I don't enjoy his work, basically. I like Ping Pong. Ping Pong is all right. But, like... I don't like Tatami Galaxy. I haven't seen uh, Night of Short Walk on Girl. I should. But, mm-hmm. like, I don't think I like that director and his style. And so it's, like, a director's whose style I don't like combined with writing I don't like. And I just don't like Double Man Crybaby. Hmm. Is, is there something in particular about the writing that, uh, that rubs you the wrong way? I mean, it's not like I... It's... it's the thing that's weird about it is it's not like it doesn't rub me the wrong way. I just don't care. Ooh. Like I just Dumb Man Crybaby completely failed to engage me. It's about pretty relatable stuff, though. I didn't didn't work for me. I don't know. And like it's, this is why it's hard. It's like I feel like I can't really criticize it because one, I didn't end up watching very much. I watched three episodes. Mm. Um, and then two, it's just like I mean. 
I kind of walked like I kind of walked away and forgot almost everything I saw because it was just like no, just didn't care. 2019 cardinal sin of talking about anime is being like, oh well, you didn't watch all of it, so you don't really get it because it gets good at the end. But the end is like okay, the end is a di- very different show than the way it starts out. Like it evolves a lot. Um, I think Jen and I actually had differing opinions about how the tragedy of that show unfolds and whether or not it's like satisfying and cathartic or just like misery for misery's sake but um like getting to know and like these characters a lot over the first couple of episodes and then watching their lives kind of fall apart really fast at the end uh was emotionally a lot and one of my favorite things about anime is that it lets you feel it it makes you feel good strong feelings so so alan for you it's in your top three right uh amongst these let me see yes definitely okay i have only seen three of these (laughs) I know it's in Jen's top three, so I guess I have to leave it for now. Yeah, I'll, if it comes up on the cutting block again, I'll give my more impassioned defensive. Um, I'll yeah. give my more passionate defense of it. Yes, Jen, save that passion, hold it in your heart, and then unleash. <laughs> Let the devil out, or something. Uh, okay. Well, someone else say something on here that that can go. Um, uh, I think we can cut Thunderbolt Fantasy, but <gasps> only as a technicality. Um. The season that we watched um, did not come out this year. That was uh, Thunderbolt um, Fantasy 2. Yeah, but, I mean, these are our awards. <laughs> true. Yeah, true. And, and that show <laughs> is a lot of fun. I um, It is definitely in my top three. Um, and I would I feel strongly about it being in our top three. Like, not just because I think it's a great show, though I do definitely think that. I also want to, like, and maybe you, you guys can say that you don't think this should be part of the consideration, but, like, these are all, like, anime-ass anime that we've got on this list, right? These are all just like, hey, look, we, we got, you know, we drew some shit. Thunderbolt Fantasy is not like any of these. Thunderbolt Fantasy is this amazing, intricate puppet show, and I really want to reward how unique it is, in addition to the fact that I just think it's really fucking good. Yeah, I'm definitely down with that. I, I think it can stay for now. Um, I'll go for what I thought was going to be the most controversial thing then and say <gasps> my Hero Academia should probably go. Okay. Tell me why. Talk to me about why you're going to kill my children. That's fine. <laughs> so I love My Hero Academia. I thought the Two Heroes movie was excellent. I mm-hmm. still haven't seen season three, so maybe mm-hmm. I can't be super critical of it or anything like that and i don't even have anything to be critical about all i have to say is all these other shows are things that um well i guess with the exception of golden wind um that they're shows that are either one-offs or they're doing something very specific um very new while my hero academia is the latest season of the most popular um shonen show um in existence right now that's true, but you were introduced to it this year, and it also made you realize that hero stuff doesn't inherently have to suck. Right. True, yeah. It, it did kind of save superheroes for me. Um, oh, yeah, this is going to be tough. This is going to be, out of the two podcasts that we've recorded, this is going to be, this is the toughest one so far. I think we cut Megalobox. Oof. I think Megalobox is damn good, but I do not think they stuck the landing. And I think there are definitely some episodes in there that are less good. There are some arcs where, like, the the other character is not very compelling. Um, 
And I just think compared to some of these other heavy hitters, like, I mean, I think all of us have sh- have shows on here that we would take Megala Box over them. We can each say that there's one show that we're like, well, we I like Megala Box better than this. But I think when you put all of that together, that's not the case. Yeah, hmm. I'd probably agree with that. It So just to confirm, that show is a sports anime, right? It is a boxing anime? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a boxing anime. Um, it's it's. I mean, it's like a, it's like a, futuristic, like, you know, sort of like a scrap punk boxing anime. There's more to it than just a boxing anime, but it, that is in large part what it is. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um. Much like Devilman Crybaby, it's a reimagining of a um decades old manga and right, right. um TV show. Okay, so I knew about that. Uh, I. At this point, I'm, I'm just I'm think I can only think about it in the context of this or Devilman Crybaby. Crybaby, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think I like the art style of Megala Box as much. Honestly, when mm-hmm. I watched a little bit of Ping Pong the animation, I was like, I don't think I'm gonna ever like this art style. And then like I just I, I get why it's technically cool and it is definitely unique uh, compared to other anime, but maybe I just don't like it. And then I watched Devilman Crybaby and I said, oh, actually. Yes, hmm. this can work um, in conveying a story better than the regular anime style. It is it is the best implementation of his style I've seen. Mm-hmm. I can definitely agree with that. For but, sure. Uh, in terms of cutting My Hero Academia, I mean, I feel I, I I feel so strongly about that show that I'd almost have to give like a disclosure when talking about <laughs> it. Like, hey, this show has like affected and changed my life and means a lot to me personally. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just a good show. Like whether or not My Hero Academia makes anime of the year for Scanline Media is like irrelevant to that show being good or successful. But like, I think we all really enjoy it. At the, we're at the point where none of these things are, don't seem good. Right. You, you know, I'm looking at the list we have here and I'm actually thinking like, I mean, I think these are all good shows. I don't like Devil Man, but I certainly respect it. Sure. I think at the level of pers- personal investment we're at. I actually think Princess Principle is the first cut. Wow. I love that show, mm-hmm. but I think I think a lot of it is just like I think that's a really damn good show. I don't like the like so there was something about Thunderbolt Fantasy. I couldn't stop watching that show. Um My Hero Academia like after fucking a decade or more than a decade of Marvel movies, it was like, "Oh wait, superheroes don't have to suck ass." And that's really important to me. Um, and then like, you know, I know you feel really strongly about devil man, Jen, and I, I know we're going to get that a place further than universe talk from Alan. Uh So it seems like the, the, the level of passion is probably the lowest with princess principle at this point. Yeah. I, I probably have to agree with that as well. It's, I, I dislike cutting it, but yeah, yeah. Again, we're at the point where anything you cut is going to be a little bit hard, but I agree we should cut it. Uh, I think My Hero Academia is also important in the context you just mentioned that like it is coming off the heels of a we just because it started in what 2016 ish uh, most mm-hmm. of the big three ending uh, except for One Piece I think and so people come at it like this is the new big shonen this is the new thing it is the reimagining of a superhero story it is a new imagining of a shonen origin story in a way that feels fresh and unique and inspirational uh and it's a way forward. So, like, it exists in the context of its elders, I guess. 
Whereas, you know, Princess Principle is like in isolation, a good show is what it sounds like to me. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, <sighs> okay. Pull the trigger. Pull so my it, devil trigger, Six. It feels like it's Thunderbolt Fantasy versus Universe, so let's hear it. Uh, well, um, okay. I Had I known that this was going to be a, a, like, ruthless battle of wits, uh, a la something that has a ruthless battle of wits, I would have asked one of you to watch more of the show or any of the show. Uh, but I'll tell you this. Do you, we, both, we all know the setup of the series. Some kids go to Antarctica on a win. Okay, so we don't know the setup of the series. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, Place Further Than the Universe, a.k.a. Uchu Yori Motoi Basho, is a show where a girl is a second-year high school student, and she wants to make the most out of her youth because she's not really into clubs or any shit like that. And and uh, she sees a uh, she hears about a message, and she starts reading about Antarctica in her textbooks. And she's like, "Man, that's an amazing place. That's it. That's that's the furthest place I could possibly go from Japan right now." What if I just went there? Like, she's having these thoughts that people have in, like, their late 20s and their, like, crest-ended years of their life as a as a teenager. And she says, I'm going to freaking do it. No one's going to stop me. Hang on. Hang on. Yeah. Did you just say, like, the crest-ended years of their life, their late 20s? No. I Fuck. <laughs> well, you just fucking stabbed me in the... Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I'm you're... 29. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm turning 28 this year. All right, kids. <laughs> what I'm saying is that there are people much older than her that are having these thoughts about, like, I need to get out of here. Like, she's basically having a midlife crisis at 15 is what I'm getting at. Okay. Uh, and instead of just, like, doing what a lot of people in their in their later years do, which is just, like, work and accept that you can't do everything that you want to do, she fucking goes and she decides to go to Antarctica. And it's about the real process of doing that. Like, it's not just about the idealization of, like, maybe I can make it. Maybe I can go somewhere really far. It's about getting your passport together it's recruiting your friends it's asking your parents for permission it's uh you know dealing with your family shit at home and then getting ready to leave it's getting a job to get the money to travel and then when they get there like it's seven or eight episodes i forget how many episodes actually it is when they before they get to antarctica um but they get there and then it's like well now you have to work because you're not here on like a fun summer vacation like you're here with an expedition led by this lady who's like Y'all are on a boat coming here. You're going to spend a couple episodes on the boat learning to be crewmen. And then you're going to work on a, in a factory. And even though that is like cold and real and harsh, they managed to find beauty in it and understand that like there is uh, a elegance and a simplicity in, in finding something you love in the simplicity in life. Just like I can work. I can just work in this factory and find and, and with my friends and, find happiness that way i don't need to maybe this this whole, like the destination didn't matter it was who i went with it's all it's all the best aspects of a really good road trip story with the realism of what happens when you actually do it i think that's that's what that show was for me alan yeah what's up let me tell you about ren setsua <laughs> <laughs> ren setsua is a dude he's got like silver hair he's got some like neat like bird jewelry in his hair right yeah. it's like, like like a bird beak sort of curling over his forehead with like gems dangling down and he's got this pipe right yeah bite. and you're like this is a chill mysterious motherfucker he's probably very wise mm -hmm. he just has that aura he is such a piece of shit. Yeah? <laughs> He's such a motherfucker because he was like, so long time ago, he was like, I'm going to learn the ways of the sword. And he learns the ways of the sword and he's like, I've gotten so good with the sword. 
And the only thing I can do from here to get better is to figure out what drives me as a human being mm-hmm. and turn that into my strength with a sword, right? Okay. That's and odd. he meditates and he looks inside himself and he's like, you know what? I've realized that at the core of my being, I don't care about swords. I just like making people really unhappy. <laughs> and so he casts aside being a swordsman. And he becomes this roaming thief who doesn't steal objects. Mm -hmm. He steals people's happiness. He finds evil people, prideful people, arrogant people, and he steals their reason for living. (gasps) And he just, like, he just fucking gaslights the shit out of them Mm -hmm. until they are miserable forever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know if I like him I know that I love him. <laughs> Jen, thoughts? Um, on the Thunderbolt fantasy thing, or yeah, a yeah, yeah. Than... Give me your because Six has told me that this show shreds, rips, etc., over and over again. But like, what is your take? Yeah, Thunderbolt fantasy is a neat show. It um. Oh boy! Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think. It... Oh, I, I'm not. I'm not setting up to diss it or anything like that. I'm just saying I think it's a neat show. I think that uh, the protagonist is this entertaining, oaf-like character who, admittedly, gets a, a little bit less entertaining when you find out that he's actually incredibly fucking capable. He just gives off the impression of being a um, lazy hero just because he is kind of lazy, but he's. He's basically carrying around 36 MacGuffins <laughs> and can choose between any one of them at any time. Um, and uh, But there is something neat about how we're, we're going on this journey with this uh, jerk and he's effortlessly um, collecting all these other people who want him dead or at least want to see him suffer because of what he's done in the past. But you don't find any of that out until later. And there's a, there's just this nice group dynamic. I, I appreciate a show with a good group dynamic. And Thunderbolt is definitely a show that has that. And season two, I know you haven't really gotten there, Jen. But season two kind of starts over. It doesn't start over fresh. We're back with, with Shofokan, with our protagonist. And Rensetsu is being a shit again. Um, but, like, it recontextualizes everything because... so. The, at the start of Thunderbolt Fantasy, it's like, okay, Shofokan is this hero from another kingdom, and he came over here, and he's doing shuff- stuff, and nobody actually knows who he is. And so, like, the end the end of the season reveal is like, oh, he's actually, like, dope as hell, and nobody knew because no one had been to that other kingdom. And this second season is sort of everybody from another kingdom being like, oh, Shofokan's over there? Oh, what's up? Let's go harass that bitch. Um, <laughs> and it's like... First off, they managed to make his 36 MacGuffins actually start to be, like, a good thing. Like, okay, so one of those 36 MacGuffins is a main antagonist in the second series because it's a sword that just possesses people and makes them basically its puppets. Hmm. And it's like, oh, that's why he's not pulling these things out. These things fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's, the voice acting on that sword is incredible. 
Um, and it's just this sword that's talking about, like, look, listen, just take, pick me up. It's okay. I'll make you the strongest there ever is. Just feed me all the blood. Feed me every <laughs> oh, drop of blood. <laughs> and then, like, the uh, someone finally, like, picks it up and, like, tries to fight Trophicon and, like, gets sort of beat back. And the sword's like, oh, you tried so hard and you fucked up. I guess you're going to have to give me your hand. <laughs> it's just like, oh, that's that second season recontextualizes everything and that it drops the scale down but it makes everything way more dense with like it's less of like okay they're journeying across the kingdom to kill this like despot who's basically like holding the whole country in fear but it's like it's this tiny meeting in this little village of a bunch of monsters and it's amazing it's got such a different dynamic from the first season, and I think they're going to do that again for the third season, which has been confirmed, oh. and I'm very excited for that. And also, there's a movie in between, which is basically like, oh, hey, remember these characters who were throwaway characters from season one who seemed to have no motive? This is what happened to them. This is what Ren Setsua did to them to make, when he stole their meaning for life. That's what that means. Isn't this fucked? And you're like, whoa, yeah, it fucking is. <laughs> Yeah, and um, something else about uh, what I was gonna—I had something on the tip of my tongue, but I forgot it. <laughs> mm. I—I I was gonna say it is one of the few general uh, Bochi shows that is not entirely gross. <laughs> yeah, there, there is that. It's—it's mm. um, it's hard to do an upskirt of a puppet, I guess, or something, because <laughs> there's nothing like that. Um, I I know it's not going to win. I'm not going to push for it to win, but I really want it in the top three. Oh, it's going to make the top three. Is it? What's losing? What's dropping? Devil May Cry Baby. <sighs> yeah. Jen, <laughs> I was so I was about to have this in my head. I'm having. I'm on. I'm like. I'm super duper galaxy branding y'all because I'm thinking like, all right, fuck everything else. I'm ready to have the fight of Thunderbolt Fantasy versus a place further than the universe. And then I remember that there are two other shows on here. Amongst those <laughs> two, I think Devilman Crybaby has to go. So Devilman Crybaby is more than a simple reboot of Devilman. It is a tightly, it is a compact but overflowing ten episodes that are so intricately directed, so visually beyond anything else that has come out this year that um it kind of knocks all that to the wayside it it's a situation where it, it's it's a story about both uh the both teen sexuality like just growing up and dealing with that sort of hormone stuff except it's done in a way that's a bit smarter than something like uh fully coolie um mm-hmm. it's a story about uh queer sexuality and how society views that as monstrous and how essentially forming together um and uh, finding like-minded individuals who also deal with this um stigma against them you can become stronger and actually live a better life it's it introduces it introduces these rappers as just regular enemies to beat up in the first episode yeah that, and that's they exactly from, what I was going to talk about. <laughs> the yeah. transformation of those guys. <laughs> yeah, they move from they move from a minor nuisance to a love interest to a Greek choir. <laughs> like they essentially, while things are getting worse or things are progressing within the story, they give you updates through these really well written, amazingly performed rap sequences. Yeah, the Greek, and, yeah. I'm sorry, Jen. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. 
the Greek chorus stuff is what turned this show over from like, I'm having fun watching this thing that people are talking about online on Netflix to like, yo, this show is amazing. And I'm a sucker for that kind of like incorporating different uh, storytelling elements. But yeah, that it's, it's told well. Mm -hmm. And I like how it's It's ending message is very messy and conflicted because it both believes in the ability of the youth to basically rise up and create a better world, but it's also very concerned where things are right now and isn't afraid to be like, hey, if things keep going the way they are and fear rules out, this world's basically going to fucking die. <laughs> and right. that's, that's spoilers. That's how it ends. The series ends with Rio, uh, a.k.a. Satan, who's this very complicated sort of character who... Essentially, for most of the show, he's being this antagonistic dick who also really, really likes his friend Akira. And at at some point, it recontextualizes a flashback from the beginning where they're kids, and Akira's very, very upset and wants to protect this, uh, this animal that essentially was found in the wild and ends up dying because... That's what happens with baby animals in the wild. And as as Rio's reflecting on this and holding the... Is basically on the moon with his dead boyfriend. He realizes that he was feeling love all this time. And as that happens, God comes down and wipes everyone the fuck out. (laughs) It's this brilliant moment of Rio finally realizing finally getting over his fucked up teen self and realizing okay this emo- i was actually this thing that i thought that i was incapable of this emotion i actually had it within me this whole time and i didn't realize it because i kept redirecting it into a harmful situation and then it's at that very moment where the slate just gets wiped clean again and they hint strongly that it's a cycle that will repeat again. And it's just this very, very... I love how focused it is on this very strong message and how... It's this. It's such a singular vision, and it's, and it's executed almost perfectly. And I was pretty much enthralled from beginning to end to the point mm-hmm. where... After I watched it the first time, I basically went, okay, time for round two. Yeah, <laughs> hmm. yeah it's tight enough. It's it's honestly a huge feat that they adapted a whole-ass manga in ten episodes. Ten episodes? Yeah, something like ten episodes. It might be it might be one or two more. I'm not looking at the actual episode count right now. But ten I according to remember. Wikipedia. But yeah, like really tight, really well-paced amazing music like this i i remember this show for the like visual of certain things and also the music playing during those certain things uh yeah the whole scenario happening on the track and everybody's running on the track and then they're like transforming into demons and then they're doing the scooby-doo run like wall and i say the scooby-doo run and you think man that sounds silly and it's like this really really unsettling animation of people like half transformed into devil men like running and uh, it's so creepy and good, and I love it. 
Yeah, and the, the soundtrack, too, like you mentioned, is absolutely incredible. Like, of course, Devilmando Uta, which took over the internet for the entirety of January, was a was a quote-unquote banger, but uh, the regular music in general is also just incredibly good. It's this nice mix of synth, um, more orchestral stuff, things that are actually kind of unsettling with um, pained moans in the background and very intense uh, rhythm, uh, very intense drums to that. Yeah, I, I really love that show. <laughs> mon, mon, human, you know? Indeed. Mm-hmm. So they tell me. I'm looking at the rest of our options and I'm trying, I'm at the point where I'm like, these are the tentpoles of what I want out of the anime. Even like Thunderbolt Fantasy, uh, even just in its, because I watched like 10 minutes of the first episode just to like get it. Uh, the technical prowess of that show is so impressive and it feels like a legitimate step forward for storytelling mediums and animation styles with and puppetry in general. Yeah. That it's just like worth putting on a pedestal for that alone. Uh, whereas like, a place further than the universe is like the thing I want anime and like stories that I love to be about period and is also beautiful. Like, it's not like it isn't technically stunning cause it's madhouse and they're one of the best animation studios out there. And this like heartwarming story about, uh, growing up is portrayed beautifully from beginning to end, even, even within like a traditional style. There's a part where they fight a dragon and Ren said so it doesn't help because he doesn't want to give away the fact that he can use a sword, so he's just fucking around. And he's like, hey, like, Bard, do something about this. Sure. And the Bard's like, okay, fine. Because the Bard has a... Ha- okay, so the Bard has a guitar. Oh and guitar can talk because the Bard almost never talks. Because he's got such a powerful voice, he can't. Oh, I see. It would be dangerous. Same, but anyways... But then, but then he he says he the guitar doesn't say he says fine, and he jumps up onto a rock, and then he just starts like belting out the theme song of the show. He's seeming he's singing the theme song of the show, and the shockwaves of his voice are repelling dragon fire. Huh. And it's sick as hell. <laughs> it's so good. I know you're about to cut Thunderbolt, and I hate you. <laughs> no, I mean fucking five. Sorry, are we allowed to cuss on this? Yeah, of course. Like five minutes ago, I was about to be like, all right, let's please, let's cut a place further than the universe. I can't expend any more energy, and my argument wasn't good enough. But the more you the more you talk about it, the less interested I am. You're unselling me now. <laughs> if this show is cool because it's sick as hell, period, exclamation point, and has, it doesn't have anything to say about anything? Fucking, I'm glad you're, sh- nope, not going to get mean, not going to get mean. <laughs> I am... Going to, we're probably going to watch a place further than the universe very soon. I have not found the pitch very compelling personally. That's why I'm saying cut it so that I don't have to have a stake in this anymore and I can just be a rogue ninja. Should we cut it? Yes. Jen? Sure. Um, I, I hate to do this to you, Alan, but it's yeah, fine. I'll, I'll <laughs> I, I mean, it's okay. It's okay. My Hero Academia is going to win. So Stop yeah. saying what's going to win. Do you all agree that it should win, or are you just saying that because you're doing the sixth thing? Do you really think no, it should win? It's the th- one show all three of us can agree on. Okay, that's is, fair. Yeah, 
that's I I mean like I wasn't saying that's no like I think what with what's here like there was a point previously where I was like so either we have to cut My Hero Academia or it wins <laughs> one Whoa. of those two things has to happen because because it's like if it stays it's it's there are two versions of this list from where we were uh-huh. there's the version where one of us caves yeah and then My Hero Academia wins because we all feel strongly about it yeah. Or there's a version where we say, let's each stick to the to the show we feel the strongest about, and then others feel the strongest about my hero when yeah. it falls off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were the two realities. We, we could argue ourselves into circles, and neither of us would give up. Like, Thunderbolt Fantasy and A Place Further Than the Universe are like... And I, I love Devil Cry Crybaby. I feel bad t- taking putting that one under into top three. But Thunderbolt and A Place Further Than the Universe are like two opposite tentpoles of what's good about anime. <laughs> is what I'm coming to understand. Do we agree? Yeah. Do we agree on that? Yeah. Yeah, I think that we do. Okay, then that's what I'm. That's what I came here for. Well, thank you for okay. having me. <laughs> okay, so our winner is My Hero Academia with runners up Devilman Crybaby and Thunderbolt Fantasy. I'm in tears. Um, I'm gutted. I'm in tears. Sorry. I was gonna say uh, sorry to any listeners who haven't seen Devilman Crybaby. I kind of spoiled the whole show, but. Trust me, it's worth. It's a fifty-year-old it, manga. <laughs> it's a yeah, that, that too. Manga. That too. Like before, I saw it. I went through a whole um, Twitter thread. Someone else wrote about how Devilman is um, Devilman's whole thing between Rio and Akira is pretty effective, and mm. so I already knew that ending was coming going in. But um, yeah, I, I still feel like it's powerful, even if you know what's coming mm-hmm. up. My favorite piece, and I don't say this to be mean, this is true. My favorite piece of Devilman content is actually a Danica Harrod tweet. Oh god. Where I, I think about. it's I think it's Rio with the machine gun, and the guy the guy sees him and says, So you're married, and Rio says, Yes, I'm wife, and then just starts shooting. <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> Alright. Well, uh Alan mm-hmm. What are you doing on Sunday? I'm working. I'm working. All day? No, I'm working in the from like 1 to 8. What if in the evening mm-hmm. we recorded an Oops All Anime on the first three episodes of A Place Further Than the Universe? Ah, shit, you done did it to me. <laughs> I've been so worn down that I don't ever want to talk about it anymore. Let's not do an episode <laughs> about it. Let's do one on like uh Gurren Logan, just a show neither of us give a shit about. <laughs> okay, we can do something else. We'll do flip flappers. I don't need to push. Alright, we'll figure it out off the air. Cool, cool, cool. Uh thanks so much everybody for joining us. This is, of course, our favorite show, the plug zone. Alan, you can plug things. What the uh I was like, wait, do we not do plugs? If I'm on more than one of these, do I get to plug every time? Sure. Why not? Cool, great. I'm on another podcast. I'm on two other podcasts. One is Chats, a television podcast that I host with my friend Magellan, where we watch Babylon 5, two episodes a week, and you can find that wherever you listen to those spooky things. You can also hear me on The Garnet Wager, which is currently in its fourth season. And this season, Six and I and our friend Nick talk about the TV show Crime Scene. It's a weird Korean game show that's really fun. You should check it out. Our second episode will be more organized. Maybe. <laughs> the first one is a beautiful mess. Yeah. No, it's very special, but I, I yeah. I don't think we can have two of those in a no, row. That's, that's going to be too I much. For, no one can yeah. endure. Exactly. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us, Alan. Thank you for having me. I, I, I love getting in passionate about the things I love. Yeah. And I, I, I don't want to open any wounds by saying this, 
but the point where you said we can cut a place further is about the point where I was ready to say we can cut Thunderbolt. So, oh, was... that's 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 really nice. I'm glad you're the one who blinked, but because <laughs> I really like Thunderbolt, but I was I was about ready to do it myself. So, all good shows. Thanks so much, everyone, and peace out. Later. See ya.